The Power Play Podcast is brought to you by Game Time. And I don't know if you know about Game Time, but it's the new go-to app to get tickets, not only to sports, but also to concerts and things of that nature for a discount. I didn't know this, but if you buy those tickets like right before the event starts, you're going to get it at a great savings. And Game Time does that for you for up to 60% off. It's crazy. I'm trying to keep money in these pockets and Game Time definitely helps you do that. So... How do you do that? Like, what do you do? Well, you download Game Time. You download those apps. And for me, who's not like very technically sound, it's very easy because it's a two-tap checkout. Literally, boom, boom, and you have tickets at a discount. So make sure that you download the app. It's simple, quick, and easy to navigate. It's on Google Play, App Store, those type of places. And get those deals and tickets for off to 60% off. Plays like an MVP, championship pedigree, Hall of Fame skills, business deals, lead the league, on court, all pro, off court, entrepreneur, any court, play ball, I'm ready to score, investments, connections, franchise player, levels to this man, I just add more layers, we changing the game, athletes bigger than balling, power plays, power moves, yeah, we going all in, my whole life a highlight reel, not just on the field, not just bodybuilding, I might buy a building, start a company, CEO, mind frame, this is way beyond game, this is power plays. My name is Alicia J, and for those of you who don't know what Power Play is, it's about what happens in sport that's not on the court or field. So essentially what's behind the scenes, uh, what players are doing off the court, um, just the things that you don't see on a daily basis. A lot of people show up for games and they see the play, but they don't see what happens behind the scenes, and that is where all of the power is. And one of the reasons why I started it is because I worked for the Golden State Warriors for 13 seasons and I saw all of these things unfold and happen. And there's really just such a dynamic way of doing things behind the scenes. There's so much that happens and so many things that people don't see. And so, hey, I just need to start a platform. I started a platform for you to be able to see what those are because not many people get to. And today I'm so excited because I have sitting across from me, I call her Tiff because I know her like, yeah, you guys can't do that. Her name is Tiffany Williams, and she is a boss in every sense of the word. I worked with her at the Warriors. Um, She has such an extensive background in sports and has done so many things. And right now she's the head of business operations for SC30 and AC Brands. And if you don't know what that is, that's Stefan and Aisha Curry. So we're going to talk about what she does for them and how she even got to where she's at. So thank you so much, Tiff, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Again, y'all call her (laughs) Tiffany, okay? You know, Tiff, you've been in sports for a really long time. Why don't you just give us a little background? So I would say my first uh, experience um, in sports was interning for the 49ers many moons ago. I think that was back in 2005. From there, I heard about an opportunity with the Warriors. Um, It was a front desk part-time position and... You know, my parents was were on me to get a job that was paying. So at least I could tell them, you know, I was making $10 an hour at the front desk. <laughs> and I did that for probably a couple months and then moved on to a full-time position um, in the business development department at the time at the Warriors. And that was the, I guess I would say the real beginning of my journey. Wow. So I just need to give people context. You said that you made $10 an hour as a receptionist for the Warriors. Yeah. And now you are working for 
two of like the most known people in this world, I would say. I mean, I would argue that any day. And you are doing so many things behind the scenes to help them build their brands and to also essentially build your own brand in sports because you literally do everything. How does one do that? How do you go from being a receptionist to working for Steph and Aisha Curry? The beginning of my career when I was the assistant business development department uh, for the Warriors, I had decided then my boss was executive vice president of business development one of the top two executives at the time in the company. And I decided that I was going to make myself like irreplaceable. Like there would be nobody anywhere that could outwork me. And I kind of really had that, have always had that work ethic, but um, I had saw myself in a certain position within a certain time. You know, the only best way for me to get there is to really learn as much as I can um, and, and kind of really make myself invaluable. And, you know, through the years, I feel like, I really kind of tried to soak up as much as I could from her and the other executives with the team. Now, listen, she had a plan, y'all. Like <laughs> she knew where she was going and she knew how she was going to get there. And one of it was just learning from people. I think people undervalue that so much. You know, they want to get to a position, but really you need the knowledge to be able to get there. Um, and even before you sat down at the receptionist desk, it's just amazing to me how much you've worked up. You were also an intern mm -hmm. in many different places. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, I did a lot of internships in entertainment, not, not really in sports, but in entertainment. For those of you who grew up in the Bay Area, um, you know about CMC, California Music Channel. I interned there. Um, I interned a little bit for like radio, other radio stations. Um, I interned for a PR agency that specialized in like fashion, a little bit of sports, and entertainment, music. I did pretty anything that I could. I spent a lot of time on Craigslist and other, you know, ad postings to find out other opportunities and internships in the field. I just wanted to, it's really about who you know. So I wanted to, you know, learn as much as I could, meet as many people as I could and figure out how to make this a career. So again, she put in work, y'all. <laughs> like, you know, I think a lot of people just think they're just gonna go right into that first position and you really have to work. A lot of people ask me how to break into sports and I say, like, you gotta intern. You're probably gonna have to work for free a lot of the times before, I mean, I don't know about the California laws now, but back in the day, I was working for free. So you have to put in that work before you get to the position that you're at now where you're even growing every day in that position. So you went from working with a team to working for individuals. But can you talk about working for a team? Like what are the pros and kind of like what are the cons of that, I guess, working for that? I would say I wouldn't trade the experience for anything because I learned so much and had opportunity to do so much. Um, I was just telling somebody earlier today that I was given a lot of opportunity from from my boss at the time and to have a seat at the table where, you know, somebody in my position ordinarily wouldn't um, and not necessarily to have a role in, in speaking, but just to learn. And I, I got a lot of that early on on with the team. Um, the first five years I was there, my department, um, I will say, will change from business development to business operations. I'm still doing a lot of the same things, but a little bit different of a focus and after that, once the ownership changed, um, I was given an opportunity to choose what I wanted to do next. And um, I chose events. That was some of the things that I was doing in business operation. And I had always had a passion for it. I kind of put together, you know, a team that was a little bit different than what the organization had experienced before. So I had probably 
varying from 50 to 75 part-time staff that you guys out there who've been to a Warriors game have uh, kind of benefited from that staff. They were the ones giving your bobbleheads at the door, putting the t-shirts on the seats, the customer service in the white polos that, you know, gave you directional signage, kind of that the team's way of making sure that your experience was was great at those games. Um, all the events that you, you know, you experience on game days and non-game days for the team, my department handled all of that. Well, I know for one, I'm tired just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, knowing working all the games, not only are you working, you know, at events, mm-hmm. you're working in the office, mm-hmm. and then you're working all the games. And at minimum, there's 41 home games, yeah. right? So that's a lot. But yeah. Over all the time and all the things that you did, what was your favorite thing that you did while working for the Warriors? I would say the the parade in 2015. There was no blueprint for that. One of the production companies that I worked with doing some of our larger events, they had done the Giants parades. And um, early, like probably a couple years even before where there was no thoughts of it happening that quickly, I had asked a lot of questions about, you know, how it was set up, how how much time in advance do you plan and what does that look like because you don't want to jinx anything. I knew that probably as we were getting closer, I think it was probably like late May of that year, um, I started having conversations with my boss and some of the other executives like, you know, it looks like we go to the finals and we should probably start talking about what that looks like um, if we were if we win. And I think we had had some early conversations with the city, but just that whole process, like, you know, something different than we'd ever done before. And it was a lot of long nights and a lot of work in a really short amount of time. But um, looking at that final product and knowing that, you know, me and my team, we were a part of that is is pretty amazing. Honestly, I can't thank y'all enough for the support. You know, it's been an, an amazing year. She's really downplaying it, y'all. She said a part of it. She was doing the whole thing. It was a group thing. It was, you know, our team and the Warriors, the events group, as well as Cartman Studios that we worked with. So she was leading all of those people. How about that? How about we say that? I know that was one of the most memorable times for me just as an employee and not even being in that position is just being a part of. Those are the moments that I know I'll never forget and fans that aren't able to come to games. They got to experience something so amazing. Yeah, it was Um, crazy because I think the night before the parade, I never went to sleep. Um, We had gotten rooms in the Marriott. That was where the parade route was going to start. And like kind of a sum of taking turns, like getting a little bit of rest. And I don't know if it was excitement or just knowing all the things that we kind of need to do to finish up to get this done. I never went to sleep. So by the time the parade ended and everybody was going off to celebrate, we were at this dinner and I remember falling asleep at the table and then like, I can't do this anymore. I got to go get some sleep and going back to the hotel. And I think I woke up like 14 hours later. I was like, and I never got to celebrate. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, and I think that brings up a great point. A lot of times in sports, you aren't sleeping. You're working nonstop. You have to work before, during, and after these events. Like that parade didn't just like go off. Like you had to do so many things to even get there, execute it, and then do all the stuff post. Yeah. I used to tell my part-timers um, in the interview process, you know, you really have to take this position as an opportunity to learn and grow. Um, because if you're if you're a fan and you're using this to, you know, get into Warriors games for free and watch the games, like, you may not ever get to watch the game. You know, you may be on a post that's nowhere near a television or a bowl. You may be outside helping guests, uh, making sure that, you know, they're going to the right places and entering in the right doors. And it's really for the opportunity. And, you know, a lot of times you working in this, um, you miss, you know, some of the great teams. A lot of times you you do get to be right there and get a, be a, 
get to be a part of it um, in that experience. But sometimes you don't because you're you're working it and you're you're planning, you're making sure that everybody else has an amazing time. So so you worked in the front office for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. You had all this preparation getting there. What made you decide to go from working for a team to working for Steph? You know, because I, I like how did you make that transition early on in my career? I had this, I guess, little bit of a blueprint or what I thought um, I had put together plans. I wanted to, you know, work at the team for a couple of years and then maybe transition to league office um, and then maybe work for an agency in some capacity. But I ended up staying at the Warriors for 10 years. I think after the first championship and and I had that experience and, you know, you're putting together this great event. I started to think, you know, what's what's next for me and started looking at other opportunities. I've always been a person that I need to be, you know, growing constantly and to, you know, experience something like the parade and working with, you know, the city of Oakland and, you know, Hartman's production company. They do events, you know, all over the place and started to look at my experience and wondering if I was doing everything that I could to, you know, build my career. As I was kind of looking and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, the opportunity to work with Stefan presented itself. Well, and I think a lot of people would take that, obviously. (laughs) Um, But I know that that transition has to be hard because you're going from, you know, working a very structured schedule. And and not that it's not structured with Steph, but there's a lot of different things that you do um, with him and for Aisha. Can you kind of outline a little bit of you know, what you do for each brand. Oh, to your point of, of it not being, you know, I think, I've, I think it, took, it took a little bit time of a transition for me where, that I didn't expect at first because I was used to working a nine to five. It was a little different than a nine to five. I was going to say that was like a, that was like a nine to 11. Yeah. Or, or 12. <laughs> but you, there was structured office hours that you were expected, you know, to be in the office, you know, and when there was games or, or events there was some, you know, there was some flexibility, but essentially, you know, 8.30 to 5.30, we were supposed to be in the office. And so when I transitioned, I found myself at times like being the quote unquote office, but not having as much to do and getting used to being able to set my own hours or, you know, kind of do what I needed to do took a little bit of time for transition. But so when I first started working for Stefan, I was actually working um, for Octagon, his agency, um, and I reported to Jeff Austin, Stefan's agent. And so um, it was a lot of work from home and um, dealing directly with brands and working, you know, to, you know, step in schedule and, you know, kind of anything else that that he needed working with the team on, you know, calendaring and the requests that would come in through the team and um, all of that. And then I think what within my first year, we he started building his team and hiring other employees. I didn't start working with Aisha until this earlier this year. So she's in some transition right now and started building out her personal team. Um, Previously, all of her business was done through, you know, management company and other kind of third parties that she worked with. Um, And so now she's pulling all of that in-house and she has some amazing things coming up and really excited to be working with both of them and have an opportunity to learn like they're such great people and um, they have so much to offer and to kind of see where where they're going to is is really exciting. It's got to be exciting to be helping to build that as well. I know one thing that is like this huge misconception of athletes is that they just go and they play games and then they go home. You know, people think like, oh, that's what they do. And then when it's the off season, oh, they just vacation. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I know just from being your friend 
that your schedule is almost busier in the off season than it is the season. We have definitely is busier in the off season. And I thought the same thing in working for the Warriors. Some of my job um, was player development. And, you know, even there, you know, the players have endorsements and they have shoots and, and different things that they do. But and everybody is, is different and, and schedules are different and, you know, families are different. Players that maybe don't have, um, you know, wife and, and children have different responsibilities and everything. But it's like that coming being on this side now and not only seeing Steph, but other athletes, it's like there's so much so many things for them to juggle because there's the, the team side and then there's on their own personal brand side and if they have foundations and then juggling the family life and it doesn't just end when they walk off the court after practice. Um, there's so many more things that they have going on and sometimes I don't think they, they get enough credit for that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I never, you know, I've never worked for a player directly, but just seeing all of the things that they have to juggle and then knowing that they kind of have to fit all of that into a very small space in the off season too, especially if you're going to the playoffs every year, it has to be incredibly crazy, not only juggling both of their schedules, but also just for them to even find time to like be themselves and be with their family. Steph and I should both do a, a great job with, you know, balancing their, their family and their careers. But um, yeah, the off season, it, it is pretty crazy. Um, think that you know you try to vacation when they vacation and then you know you're juggling whether it's you know doing you know the Asia tour or you know other appearances you know people reach out to do appearances all throughout the year but the basketball season is very limiting so the off season is an opportunity for for them to do you know some of those other things and we get a, a lot of requests. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And how do you balance your own life? Because I know when I was working in sports, it was really hard for me to do. How do you do it? I think I actually have a better work-life balance now than I did when I worked for the Warriors. I also think I'm in a different you know, time in my life. Then it was only about work. But I think I did get hit a point where maybe I did get a little burnt out. And so I do try to make myself more of a priority. But like I said, you know, when they are on vacation, I try to you know slow down if I'm not taking some time off, but definitely slow down and do the like the little things that, you know, the self-care little things that that help us all to rebalance and and can keep going. Man, self-care, man. <laughs> Something we all are working on, right? It's crazy. So I asked you what your most memorable thing was at the Warriors. What has been your most memorable thing since you've been working for Steph and Aisha? I don't think that I could say that there's just there's just been one. There's well, definitely want to say that I am so blessed to not only be working with Stephanie and Aisha, but with the teams and the people that they surround themselves with. You know, it's just opportunity to learn from really great people. Um, sometimes I'm like in a room, we can be wherever. And I look around the room and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I'm been able to have an opportunity to surround myself with such great people and have so many great opportunities. Um, so I'm really am am really blessed to have that. I also just want to um, correct myself. I keep saying Steph. His name is Stefan. <laughs> don't don't get me Steph. I'm sorry, Stefan. Stefan. My apologies for that. But I know I feel blessed to have been a part of that world for as long as I was, and to be a part of it in this way and to tell stories. And I think. So many people are going to listen to this interview and other interviews I do about the power plays behind the actual sport and think like, I really want to do that. What advice would you give to your younger self like that walks up to you and says, hey, I want to be in sports. What advice would you give to them? I feel like I end up giving this advice a lot, especially when I worked at the Warriors. I 
get hit up a lot on LinkedIn. Not so much as much now because I think that maybe people don't know the company name, <laughs> but <laughs> we won't um, mention it. So <laughs> so you won't get more LinkedIn hits. No, I actually I like doing that because, you know, I was in the same position and wondering how do I, how do I get my foot in the door? How do I, you know, get seen by the right people and have them know what I'm able to bring to the table? So I do not mind doing inter- informational interviews or, you know, going to lunch um, with uh, people who currently work at the Warriors reach out sometimes and say, ask me to go to lunch and, you know, pick my brain. And and I really don't mind. A couple months ago, was it a couple months ago? Maybe it been last year. Um, Some of my friends and I, we hosted an event for women in male-dominated industries. It was like a great event. Um, We had brought together a group of women from different um, industries and really just tried to give advice on not only how we got to the positions that we are in our careers, but like really being open and honest about the struggles and having your voice being heard and just really being real. And um, so I really, I like doing those things, but some advice that I used to give to, you know, my part-time staff and coordinators that worked under me, under me when I was at the Warriors was just to, you know, especially in that environment, I was always telling people are always watching. So whether that's to going to help you to propel your career to the next level or set you back is what you're putting into it. Like I give the advice, the same thing I did is, you know, make sure that you try to outwork everybody. Like I really try to put myself in a position where nobody can ever say like there may be people 19 times smarter than me, but nobody is going to outwork me. Um, And I think that when you do those things that people see that and recognize that and definitely want to help you along and make sure that you get to and reach your goals. I think obviously that's invaluable advice. And we always talk about what we should do, but what is something you shouldn't do? (laughs) Because I mean, I've actually learned more from my failures than I have my successes. Like what is something that you should not do when you're trying to break into sports or even in sports? I feel like there's, you should definitely like really just stop and, and listen and learn. I think that there's times where, you know, myself included, you know, we can let our, mouths or egos kind of set us back in situations. Um, so really just listening and learning and, and leaning on the people that, you know, are in the positions or roles that you want to get into. I think sometimes in sports, from what I've seen, like, you know, people in coming up um, in the entry level roles may sometimes come off as more fans than actually trying to get in and do the work. Um, and so that definitely is a no-no. I would definitely agree with that as well. So you've done so many things. You were doing so many things. What is next for you? Not the brands that you represent or work for. What's what's next for Tiffany Williams? Um, I would say just to keep really learning and growing. I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit for me. So I couldn't really say there's, you know, one thing I'm I'm going to be doing X or I want to do X. I really try to live my life in in a way that I don't want to put myself in a box. I don't want anybody to put me in a box or set parameters around what I could do. So I really try to keep that open. So, you know, whatever opportunity presents themselves, I'm ready for it. I'm here for that, too. (laughs) I'm not mad at that. So, Tiff, I just want to thank you so much for being on this. I think you just provide this unique perspective that nobody ever gets to see or hear. And I really appreciate your time. Um, is there any way with people, if they were interested in kind of knowing more about your path or whatever, is there anything? Definitely um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Tiffany Williams. Like I said, I have no problem with doing, you know, informational calls or anything like that. I've had a lot of people reach out to me from um, 
what is it, the UCSF Sports Management Program. Yeah, I get a lot of people reaching out to me from there. No, I appreciate that because I think a lot of people, especially in sports, I've encountered people that keep what they do close to them because they want to kind of protect it. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you paying it forward by helping people to actualize what they want to do in sports, too. I mean, I feel like, you know, as a woman working in sports, like you may encounter situations where not everybody wants to be helpful to you. So since I've experienced that, I've always tried to be open and and, and help people under me, you know, to pull them up because uh, I know what it's like. So And you do a great job at everything that you do, but you literally, you're one of the people that definitely inspires me. Okay. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend, but, um, you know, we went through a lot at the Warriors. Yeah. I think just any time that, uh, you're working all those hours and Mm -hmm. putting in all that work and everything like you're going to you know bond with people that are around you and you're definitely one of the people that i'm just very thankful to know and that you've been in my circle so um thank you you for being here thank you for sharing what you do and thank you for listening everybody who's listened to this i know that you've learned something that you didn't know before i'm so thankful that this power player tiffany williams was here today and until next time i'll see you on power play Obviously, Tiffany Williams and I are friends, and you can hear that in the podcast. But really, we learned the game together. Uh, It was important for me to show the -the behind-the-scenes aspects of both the team brand and the personal player brand, because people do not understand how much work and time goes into that. They see the face of the brand, whether it be the team or the actual player, and they think, oh, they're great, Uh, they're doing all these things, they're building entire brands for themselves, but really, it's a team of people that are behind them that are bringing these amazing things that are happening for their brands to fruition. Yes, the player puts in a lot of work. Yes, the team puts in a lot of work, no doubt. But the people that are behind those faces in those brands are putting in so much work that is often unseen, and that's okay. There are plenty of people that want to be behind the scenes, and they like to do this work and don't really like the recognition for it, and that's completely fine. But I think that the effort and the fact that it's people who are literally sacrificing their their lives to make sure that these brands are buttoned up and put together and innovative, cutting edge, um, you know, representative of who that person is or that team is, it's really important to show that. You don't just go to a game and it just poof, happens out of nowhere. There are hundreds of people that are working to do that. I remember personally at the Warriors, uh, my first year was the We Believe season. And I will never forget that season. It actually really changed my life in so many ways. But one thing is we didn't have a lot of people back then to execute a game. People were wearing many hats and doing many things. Specifically, when you go to a game and you see all the t-shirts on the seats, uh, we kind of talked about this in the podcast, the signs that are on there, they're taped to every seat, the t-shirts are placed on every seat. I remember we had a crew of six people doing that at the time. I was one of them. It didn't matter what my position was there. I was putting out those t-shirts and taping those signs to each seat 
and literally sleeping at Oracle Arena. I slept on a couch there many a nights during that run because number one, we weren't really all the way prepared. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it real. It's not that we didn't think we would make it, but there just wasn't a plan in place because we hadn't really been in that position for such a long time. And so then once we were doing all these things because it was the playoffs, you know, we didn't really have the manpower to do it. And so we just had to make it happen. And with the playoff schedule, you kind of know what the schedule is, but depending on wins and losses and if it's going to be, if you have home court advantage, et cetera, you kind of are just going. You don't really know the exact schedule. So really, we just lived at the arena during that whole run. And it was a magical time, but people wouldn't know that. They don't see the people that are doing this before every game and making sure that when you enter an arena that it's done in the most efficient fashion possible. They don't know who's playing the music during games. They don't understand that those bobbleheads took months and months to order and get so many different ways that you have to acquire certain things, even t-shirts. You have to make sure that you have enough gold t-shirts during the playoffs. Every single thing is planned and executed to a T and you're enjoying it in one package. And I think it's important for people to know that it's not just a game. There's so many things that go into it to make your experience amazing. And I definitely was very thankful that Tiffany brought this point of view to the podcast. I was also thankful that she showed that if you put in the work, you can work your way up in this business of sport. She started off as a reception making, uh, she started off as a receptionist making $10 an hour. There's nothing wrong with being a receptionist. Actually, I think that they're one of the most important things in a business anywhere. But for her to start at that position and work her way up to working for two of the biggest brands, two of the biggest international brands, is phenomenal. Her work ethic is one of the most important parts of this podcast. How hard are you working? That's my question to you. You have a dream. You may even have a plan, but what are you doing to get there? What work are you putting in? What hours are you putting in? What are you doing behind the scenes that nobody is taking a look at? Assess that in where you you are. Like, I want you to take that and implement it into your path. It's really important to do that. Hard work will always pay off. And as Tiffany said, like, if she worked harder than everybody, she knew she was going to succeed. How hard are you working? Also, the view that she brought of the balance that athletes in particular have to have in what they do, we see the outcome of what athletes are doing with their brands, you know, the commercials, we see what they post on social media, what they create, um, maybe the shows that they're on, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't see the sacrifices that they make with their family. We don't see the extra hours that they have to put in after they've had a full practice, a game, all of those things. We just think that that magically appears as well in the point of view that like in the off season, It's not an off season. Athletes are working incredibly hard to make sure that their brands thrive and grow. That is something that I appreciate as well. People just don't get that. They often look as an athlete as just like a thing in a way. And really they're people who have 
family, you know, children, wives, and their wives. Like Aisha Curry, she is building an empire, a fempire, actually. She just launched a show on EllenTube called Fempire. So make sure you check that out. But, you know, they don't see the, the balance that athletes have to do um, or the balance that athletes have to execute within their own lives and what's going on within their own families. And that is something to note as well, because just as they're making power plays in business and entrepreneurship, they're also making power plays for their family as well. And that's an important thing to note. And speaking of balance in the comments below, please comment on how you balance in your own lives. I think it's important to get a perspective of balance on so many levels because we are all doing so many things. We are all making power plays on our own, in our own lanes. How do you balance them? I want to know. Comment below. And if you don't want to comment or want to comment in different ways, hit me on at Tall Swag on every, you know, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Tall Swag. I want to hear your thoughts about these power plays, power players how we can improve, what we can do to give you a different view in this world of sports. So hit me on at Tall Swag. I want to talk to you directly. I want to hear what you have to say. We have so many different points of view that we're going, we have so many different power players that we're going to showcase on this podcast. It's the Power Play Podcast every Thursday on the athletic.com backslash power play. I can't wait to share more of these points of view with you. They're all just amazing and they relate to your life in so many different ways. And I look forward to sharing with you every Thursday on the Power Play Podcast.